Welcome back to the Wednesday Bible Study. In this video, we're actually going to be starting a new study on the book of Joel. Now, it's a short book that's only three chapters long, and as I usually just kind of uh, would urge you to do, whenever we're studying a small book of the Bible, it's a really good idea to read the entire book. And this one is one that you could easily sit down and you could read the whole book. And I would strongly encourage you to do that. In fact, what you might want to do is before we, uh, we get into studying these things, you might want to pause this video and maybe even read the book in its entirety. And that just kind of gives you a little bit of a better sense of uh, what's going to be coming up ahead. Another thing that can help us with being able to piece all these things together is to be able to watch this video from the Bible Project that goes over the overview of the book of Joel. Now, this might actually be better to, to do this before you read the book. So you might want to watch the video, then read the book, and then come back to this study and then look in a little bit more detail about chapter 1. Now, chapter 1 is a pretty short chapter, and this video is going to be a fairly short video, I, I assume. Um, but just remember that I've kind of made it this way for a few reasons. One of them is I would really encourage you to take a look at this other video that goes over uh, the overview. Another thing that you can do that, that helps you in these studies is you can go to the Bible Project website and I will include a link below and you can actually print off the same thing. This is, this is the same thing you see here on the screen. You can print this off and you can you know, fold this up and put it in your Bible as we, as we study this book together. Uh, I oftentimes will print off the different books of the Bible that we're studying and, and they kind of help me with a little bit of an outline and I, I try to tie in some of the things that are, that are talked about there because it really helps us to get the bigger picture of what these books are talking about. Now, it is very interesting though that the book of Joel is kind of a little different than some of these other books. You know, most of these, these other books in the Old Testament that we read about we have a little bit of the timing of it. We have the situation, what's going on. We might have, at least in the prophets, we have specific sins that the people are being called out for participating in. And the prophets are, are correcting them saying, you need to repent. Well, you have the messages of repent in the book of Joel, but you don't really have specific sins being mentioned. Um, and, and that's just kind of interesting. But I guess in many ways, what it does for us is it makes it a little bit easier to apply it uh, in, in, a, in a bigger way than just kind of one specific sin. You know, because sometimes when we're reading these books, we might think, oh, well, I don't sin like that, so I don't have to worry about that one. Well, hold up. Maybe there is something you can learn from it. In fact, I would suggest there is something you can learn from it. But the book of Joel, because we don't get into those specifics, sometimes it's a little bit easier to just kind of uh, apply these things in a more general sense. So let's take a look at some of the, the things that we do have uh, about the placement of Joel and uh, the message that he is proclaiming. In Joel chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, the word of the Lord that came to, to Joel, son of Pethuel, hear this, you elders, listen, all you who live in the land. Has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your ancestors? Tell it to your children and tell your children to tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. And what the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. Okay, so let's let's pause right here because this is this is going to be kind of a key thing and, and really an important part of the book, at least I think. Whenever I think of the book of Joel, I always think about these verses right here and what's being talked about. Because there, it starts off with this plague that has come through, this locust plague. And yes, of course, that probably you know, takes us back to the idea of, 
of the ten plagues that were sent in uh, the, to the nation of Egypt. But right here, uh, it seems like it's the children of Israel. In fact, it is the children of Israel who are being affected by these plagues. I mean, you know, as we look at that, we, we realize, okay, the reason why God sends these things and why God allows these things to happen is to correct problems that are happening among these people. And any time that a, a bad situation like this is happening, I think that uh, offers, a, offers a good opportunity for us to take a look and, and to make sure, okay, is there some type of sin and, and something that we need to, to correct in our lives? Now, that doesn't always mean that every bad thing that's going to happen to you is a direct thing that God brings upon you. I, I mean, there's sin in the world and sometimes people do bad things to you. So, you know, sometimes it's just a, a negative thing that that uh, maybe a bit of suffering that you might uh, have to go through that's not always directly related to the hand of God. But sometimes, perhaps it can be related to the hand of God. And we need to always take a step back and, and kind of evaluate the situation. I, I think that that's a, a good uh, word of advice to do whenever you're going through difficult times. Uh, and I think no matter what type of difficult times you go through, uh, it can be a good time to, to reflect and to think about, are there things that I need to do in order to, to get my life right with God? Now, the answer might be, well, no, there's nothing really that I have to do. Well, if, if that's the case, just continue on and God will be with you through those difficult times. So here in this passage, though, we see that these locusts have come. And here in verse 4, um, it's, a, it's a lot of different locusts. And, and basically, it, he's really stressing, and he's going to continue to stress. We're going to see this a lot in this first chapter, is these locusts have wiped out everything. Okay? It's bad. It, it is really bad because it seems like, you know, after one uh, swarm has come, then another one's come, then another one's come, and it's just everything has just utterly demolished uh, everything around them. Now, I want to kind of relate this and, and maybe give you something that we'll think about this uh, in today. Um, but to that, let me tell you just a little bit of a story. The other day, uh, I was walking around the yard, uh, you know, with my, with my kids and stuff. And uh, my son, he pointed out that there was this, what he thought at first, at least, was a bug on this tree. Well, it turns out that bug was not a bug. It was a shell. It was one of these cicada shells. Now, that actual shell, it was a little bit smaller than, than uh, kind of what I'm used to. I'm used to the, the, the really big ones. So I guess it's just kind of another type of cicada or something like that. But anyways, we saw that shell on there. And we, we picked it off and we you know, kind of looked at it and everything. And I sort of explained what it was. We also watched a video on you know, what that looks like and everything. But here's the thing that's kind of interesting about that. Um, it turns out that this year, if I understand it correctly at least, Turns out this year is that year that, that the cicadas are going to be really big. So like um, just kind of in a, in a week or so or, or maybe just any day. I, I don't know exactly whenever it's going to start. But you're going to really hear the locusts in the background this year. Um, you, I'm sorry, you're going to hear the cicadas in the background uh, this year. And what I want you to do is I want you to think about the book of Joel. Now, hear me out because I want you to understand what I am saying and what I'm not saying. Okay, I am not saying that the cicadas that we are going to be hearing, it's some plague that God is sending. I am not saying that at all. Okay, what I am saying is the cicadas and this big swarm that, that we're going to you know, experience and that we're going to be able to hear. It can be this type of reminder of the book of Joel. And perhaps it can be a time to reflect on, on the, the things that the book of Joel is about. 
Now, I know that, you know, you've got locusts and you got you got cicadas, and I know that they're a little bit different, but it's my understanding that this term locust, it can be for any number of, of different types of insects. It's also my understanding that cicadas don't actually pose a problem to, to really, uh, you know, crops and stuff like that. So it's, we don't have to worry about some plague type thing coming out. It's just every 17 years uh, or so, we have these cicadas that come out and they make a lot of noise. And it's, it's quite a thing to experience. So as you experience it this year, I hope that we can we can think about what Joel is about and that we can you know maybe kind of take a look at this book even more and for it to be this reminder not that these cicadas are judgment from God it's just they can be a reminder of the things that are talked about in the Bible I love having those different reminders I love it whenever we can experience the Bible in different ways you know in this case it would be through our ears and maybe through our eyes some too but I love it whenever there's different ways in which we can experience uh, the things that are written about in the pages of the Bible. So now back to this, this locust plague that he's talking about. Um, he's going to continue to describe this destruction. So let's keep reading in the book. Verses 5 through 7. Joel says, Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you drinkers of wine. Wail because of the new wine, for it has been snatched from your lips. A nation has invaded my land, a mighty army without number. It has the teeth of a lion and fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vines and ruined my fig trees. It has stripped off their bark and thrown it away, leaving their branches white. Now, it's my understanding that whenever locusts actually come through, which, by the way, you know, big swarms of locusts do still uh, come through different different areas, uh, different countries and everything. Uh, you might want to look up some of those pictures or whatever on the Internet. I mean, it's it's just really thick swarms of them and they can be very destructive uh, as to what they do and he, he describes them right here um, as this this nation this kind of this army that's coming in is is what he describes them as in verse six and you know sometimes people say okay well he's using the term about locusts and he's he's really talking about this army well there's many things in the text that it seems like what he's actually talking about is really the the physical insects the the locusts that they come through and they not only just eat what's there but they also strip off the bark of some trees whenever they strip off that bark then i mean that can even kill a tree and that can kill uh, a lot of the the different things are, are around them just because it's so, so destructive this is what this is just kind of another layer about what all these locusts are coming through and how bad things are getting and if you want to see some other images, okay, of course, this one right here, describing how fierce everything is. Uh, it's like some mighty army, but the descriptions continue. Now, verses 8 through 12. Mourn like a virgin in sackcloth, grieving for the betrothed of her youth. Grain offerings and drink offerings are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests are in mourning, those who minister before the Lord. The fields are ruined, the ground is dried up. The grain is destroyed, the new wine is dried up, the olive oil fails. Despair, you farmers, wail, you vine growers. Grieve for the wheat and barley, because the harvest of the field is destroyed. The vine is dried up and the fig tree is withered. The palm granite, the palm, and the apple tree, all the trees of the field are dried up. Surely the people's joy is withered away. So now in this passage, you know, if you want to see some of these other images, he describes like an army coming through. Okay, that's one of the descriptions he says in the, the previous slide. Now in this slide, he's talking about, look, it's like this, this virgin who was betrothed and then 
her betrothed died. What is going to happen then? You know, what type of mourning is going to take place? He's saying it's a bad time. And he describes how it's even affecting uh, these offerings about the Lord. He's talking about how the priests are affected by it. The priests are mourning about it. Everybody who's involved in agricultural things, they're feeling this, this weight of it, this pressure of it. It's also my understanding that some of the descriptions that are mentioned right here, I've, I've got a... Uh, I've got a little footnote that, that describes some of this destruction, the destruction that's being uh, mentioned in this chapter. And it says, these are not actually um, necessarily what the locusts will, will at least first off go for, you know, destroying all these different types of things. Um, they, they prefer to, to go after one plant or another, but only after those plants are gone will they go after all these other plants that are mentioned right here. So, it's kind of another way, and that's one that we could easily miss. I mean, I know I would have. I, I don't really know what locusts like and what they don't like or anything like that. But what's being described right here is it's affecting everything. It's affecting every single part of these people's lives. That's why he says, surely the people's joy is withered away. And you might be wondering at this point, is there any hope? Well, it's got to get a little bit worse before we start to see kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. And before we start to see even kind of what's all this about so yes okay we're describing a locust plague okay so, so where's the lesson in all this what do we get from it let's keep reading because there is more verses 13 through 15 put on sackcloth you priest and mourn wail you who minister before the altar come spend the night in sackcloth you who minister before my god for the grain offerings and drink offerings are withered are withheld from the house of god Declare a holy feast, call a sacred assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord. Alas for that day, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Now we start to see the big point in all of this. We see that all of these are, are images right here. Still, he's, he's describing how bad it is. He's describing that everybody's mourning. He's describing that it's affecting these things that are supposed to be about the house of God. But then he says in verse 14, something that you can do in these situations. Do something about it. Call some sacred assembly. Get people together. Pray. Ask God for help. That's what he's kind of getting at, you know, crying out to the Lord. He says all these things in verse 14, and I think that is great advice whenever we are going through a difficult time. That, you know, we need to gather together with God's people. We need to cry out to the Lord that he will, that he will hear our prayers and that he will, will help us in our times. Now, sometimes that means that he will relieve our suffering. Sometimes it means he will give us the strength to endure it. But God is the, the God that we serve. He's an amazing God. He's a wonderful God. He's a loving God. He does care for us. Sometimes he does things like this or allows things like this so that we can be disciplined, so that we can come back to him. Because many times in Israel's history, they, they said, yes, we're going to follow the Lord, and then they just go off any which way. And they, they choose to worship other gods. And sometimes God will take away his hand and his power away, at least temporarily, from the people of Israel. Whenever he does that, it's an attempt to, to get them to, to recognize how much they need to rely upon God. Because sometimes when things are going great, we forget that we always have to rely upon God. Sometimes whenever it's, when we go through difficult times that we are reminded most that our God is the one who gives us strength. 
We also see in verse 15 right here that it's compared to the day of the Lord. In fact, it's kind of called a, a, a day of the Lord. So this locust plague is mentioned as a day of the Lord. And by the way, the term the day of the Lord, you know, sometimes we think about that and, and we might think of something that's going to you know, happen in the future, kind of the judgment day or something like that. And yes, it is a type of judgment, but there's many days of the Lord that are talked about in the Old Testament. And I personally kind of think that uh, it's also to be expected that God still works in similar ways among nations today as well, so that he kind of corrects their path, or at least gives them an opportunity to correct their path and to come to him. And because of that, people might experience a day of the Lord, all of which to get them to rely upon God, to get them to come to him. We see sometimes that deals with things of, of destruction. Yes, God is the one who is controlling these things. He's aware of what's going on, and the whole purpose behind these days of the Lord is to bring the people to him, to follow him. And we're going to see, especially in the next chapter, how this day of the Lord, it's not only goes back to this, this locust plague that came, but it's also going to be going into the future. In fact, every time that we, we uh, read about the day of the Lord and hear about judgment that's being passed uh, within our history or within the, the past history, they always kind of point toward that future day of the Lord, that day whenever the judgment day is going to take place. All the nations, every people, um, every, every tribe, everybody is going to stand before uh, the Lord. That day is going to come in the future. And all of these, these uh, smaller ones, they point toward that time. And they, they make us to be aware of that time in the future. And this locust plague is one of those uh, occasions. Verses 16 through 18 now. Has not the food been cut off before our very eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seeds are shriveled beneath the clods. The storehouses are in ruins. The granaries have been broken down, for the grain has dried up. How the cattle moan. The herds mill about because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep are suffering. We see once again, it's not just affecting the people, but it's affecting the animals as well. It's affecting their agriculture in every different aspect and we see finally the end of this chapter verses 19 and 20 to you lord i call for fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness and flames have burned up all the trees in the field even the wild animals pant for you the streams of water have dried up and the fire and fire has devoured the pastures in the wilderness this passage this end of the book it reminds us that this is what we need to do we need to call out to God. Yes, he's already kind of talked about calling uh, a sacred assembly and declaring a holy uh, fast, and, and he's already talked about those things, crying out to God. Right now he's saying again, to you, Lord, I call. Things are bad for these people. And Joel is just saying, look, I call out to God. I turn to God in times like this. He said, look, even the wild animals, they're, they're turning to you. You know, they're, they're looking toward you. All of us, Wild animals, tame animals, humans, all of us are dependent upon God. We need to recognize that. We need to recognize that he is in control. He is powerful. Sometimes he disciplines us. But all the while, no matter what, what good or bad things happen to us, all of them are to get us to recognize we need to follow God. We need to be faithful to God. That's the lesson that Joel is, is leaving us with, that we need to turn to the Lord in these times. And in the next chapter, we're going to see uh, what this day of the Lord has to do with the future one. 
and we're going to we're going to see what it has to do with us even today and also the next chapter is wonderful because it's going to uh, a lot of those things that Joel is is stating right here are going to be fulfilled in the New Testament with the church but all that we'll take a look at next week thank you very much for taking a look at this study uh, in the book of Joel and uh, remember if you hear those cicadas in the background think back to Joel and think back to calling out to the Lord maybe whenever you hear the cicadas making those noises this year you can you can maybe kind of be reminded to just pray to God thank him for the good things he's given you and ask him to help you in the difficult times.